Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. that is essentially talking about high level funnel building and really advanced strategy can't dumb it down so it's just you know very surface level introduction sort of thing in the actual material so it's making sure it's relevant for the audience that you are trying to sell it to and making sure that it's actually actionable and you can, there are tangible takeaways and those are like the two biggest things that we're looking for when we vet our courses as well and the other thing is is it still relevant like some of the Facebook ads courses that I've taken um I learned nothing from because the dashboards were from I don't know how long ago and it looks completely different now and the algorithm has changed strategies have changed so just making sure that it's up to date still actionable and it's the right level of depth for the audience. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. Now, if you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with Oleg Lohid of Overcoming Odds and with speaker and transformational coach Rusty Gaylord, then do check them out because they're well worth it. But Listen to today's conversation first. I'm really excited today to welcome back to the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Iman Zabi. Iman is a launch copywriter and founder of The Scribesmith, as well as founder of Terrain. Iman started her career writing about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, which then led to work as an outdoor copywriter before her love of research led her to work primarily in the launch space as a copywriter. Iman spent a lot of money on online courses to advance her skills and found that the most popular courses aren't necessarily the ones that provide the best content. They're just the ones with the best marketing team. This means course creators with great content aren't able to get in front of the right audiences and course takers get duped by misleading marketing. So this led her to start Terrain, a course platform with curated courses for entrepreneurs. Iman previously appeared on the InnovaBuzz podcast on episode 270 to talk about her business, The Scribesmith, and today we focus on terrain. In our discussion today, Iman talked to me about the problems with most online courses and why less than 10% of people complete courses they buy. Startling statistic. We talked about what makes terrain different as a course platform how it makes it frictionless to take courses, complete courses, and to take action as a result. And we talked about how to get engagement on courses through challenges, collaborative spaces, goals, and reminders, as well as notes areas within the course. 
Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Iman Zabi. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited today to welcome back to the InnovaBuzz podcast from Vancouver, Canada, Iman Zabi, who's a launch copywriter and strategist and she's founder of The Scribesmith as well as founder of Terrain, which is a course platform that has vetted courses which actually deliver on their promises. Welcome back to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Iman. It's a real privilege to have you back on the show. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Now, as as I said, welcome back. You appeared previously on episode 270, which was just over a year ago. Since then, you've launched Terrain, which I mentioned, and Maykay Tsang, who was our guest on episode 385 of the Innova Buzz podcast, suggested that we talk to you about Terrain. So, big hello to Maykay. Awesome. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now before we start talking about all things courses and course platform and marketing your courses, in, in our last podcast conversation, you shared your philosophy of just getting it done and keeping it simple to start with and producing minimal viable work and then improving with the feedback given. We also talked about your research project, sorry, your research process, which involves acting like your audience. And I really like that. That kind of rang a bell and resonated mm-hmm. with me and what you can learn from the voice of the customers. So how do those philosophies shape what you do in uh, terrain in particular? So that's an interesting question because I think the idea behind terrain actually came from talking to a lot of the course creators who were coming our way. Most of them were, I mean, we had find, we were fortunate enough where our business had kind of got to a point where we had, um, where we were mostly booked out and we'd also priced ourselves out of the, initial beginner kind of market um and but we would get these people who had deep expertise in their subject but weren't necessarily marketers and they would come to us and they're like i have this course but i don't really know what to do with it and we check out the course sometimes and it would be incredible material but and it was just kind of through those conversations with them that we realized one of the bigger problems in this industry is that the most popular courses they don't necessarily have these this deep expertise behind them. They just have great marketing teams. So that's kind of where the seeds for Terrain were really sowed. It was really from that research process and having conversations with people in the industry that we started to see a trend amongst people's pain points. And as consumers of courses ourselves, I mean, I talked about this on many, many podcasts. I've been burnt by so many courses. We did the numbers before we launched Train, and personally, I spent around twenty thousand dollars on mm. bad courses. <laughs> yeah. So, so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to ask what what makes a good course as opposed to you know those bad courses that that make up some of that twenty thousand dollars. So I think the number one thing is that um, it has to do what it says on the box. So many courses make um, these big outlandish claims and very seldom follow through on it. It's a lot of fluff and a lot of believe in yourself and you can manifest this if you try. And I I call BS on that. Um, I think they need to be actionable and then they need to be relevant for, um, they need to make it clear who it's for. So of course that is essentially talking about high level funnel building and really advanced strategy can't 
dumb it down so it's just you know very surface level introduction sort of thing in the actual material so it's making sure it's relevant for the audience that you are trying to sell it to and making sure that it's actually actionable and tan you can, there are tangible takeaways and those are like the two biggest things that we're looking for you know you've got our courses as well and the other thing is is it still relevant like some of the facebook ads courses that i've taken um i learned nothing from because the dashboards were from i don't know how long ago and it looks completely different now and the algorithm has changed strategies have changed so just making sure that it's up to date still actionable and it's um the right level of depth for the audience Mm. All right. So, so you think that, like that example of the Facebook courses, people update their marketing to kind of match the promise with what what uh, potential students are looking for, but the course content is still um, based on what how Facebook advertising worked years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's a that's an example that from my own life, really. That's. Um, I bought a Facebook ads course and I'm like, I recognize nothing of this. My Facebook ads manager does not look like this. I don't know what you're talking about. None of what you're saying makes any sense anymore. So that's some, that's one of the things that we encountered, um, but also more like um, courses that make really big claims, like courses that tell you that you are going to, um, well, big claims and also vague claims, I think. So things that promise, you know, that you're going to be able to systemize your business and um, fight overwhelm and all of those kinds of things generally, I think, are not great courses because they aren't, they aren't making tangible promises. And if you don't, and this is, this is a thing that I think is almost like a sleazy sales thing. Like if you don't promise something tangible, then you can't be held responsible for not delivering it. And that's what I feel like when I see a lot of courses out in the industry. So how do you curate the courses then? What, what are you, I mean, you've outlined some of the criteria, obviously, you go through in terms of uh, selecting a course to be on terrain. But how do you determine, for example, that the promise that they've given, um, and, and just to take the example of a time management one, I mean, one of the ones that I've seen recently, and I, I think, oh, that's a really bold claim, we give you back an hour every day. Right, so that's very tangible, uh, but how do you curate courses that you say, well, that course is a good course because the student is going to achieve that result? So we actually studied um, a lot of rubrics that universities put together to evaluate whether courses, um, you know, university level courses are hitting their benchmarks and are meeting their quality control standards. Um, and from those, we sort of built our own and we're looking, um, we look for, like I said, actionability, depth, relevance, but also overall, um, um, like audio, video quality and things like that. But then beyond that, we actually sit and go through the courses ourselves. Um, and I go through it myself and then we have usually one or two more people go through it. And it's usually whether whatever claim they're being that's being made. So for example, if it's time management course, are actual steps being taken that if somebody actually went out and tried to implement them, would they actually get some sort of results? Maybe it's on hour a day, but maybe they're saving. Um, is there a potential for it to work out is kind of what we're looking for. Mm. And generally also, I think what's important is also how engaging the course is. So if 
did we, was it easy for us to get through the course? Did we feel like at the end of it, were there any light bulb moments? I think taking a course is a lot like taking, reading a book. You may, you may or may not learn what the author is promising to teach you, but as long as you have like some light bulb moments at the end of it, you walk away feeling satisfied. And that's what we're aiming for. Yeah, yeah, I like that, the idea of light bulb moments. Um, I'm, I'm using something right now that um, helps me with the books I'm reading because you, you mentioned that and there's every every now and then when I'm reading a book, I have that light bulb moment. I think, oh, wow, that's a great um, suggestion or a great idea or a great quote. And so I mark them now and, and I've got um, a thing called Readwise, which brings them back to me over time. So I've now I have a huge collection of them because I've built it over several months that I've been using it and it re comes back with a reminder. With with the courses, how, how do you help the students um, take the action? Because one of the things I see a lot is, um, and I've done this a lot, I'm guilty of this as a, a course consumer, of buying lots of courses that some many of them are actually really good I've, I've selected ones that i've hit on something really good and then i go through it go through part of it and stall and i get uh, distracted by the next shiny object and because i haven't taken all the steps in the course haven't gone through each each module and implemented the actions i don't actually get the result even though the course might be great so how do you help the students um, stay the course and take the actions to get the results? So course completion was one of the things, uh, one of our priorities when we were building Terrain because I'm terrible at taking courses and honestly I'm a terrible student. I dislike taking courses. I, um, I very rarely am able to sit through a course and really the, the idea was that if we could build a platform that made it possible and rather it made it frictionless for somebody like me to take a course then anybody could take a course really truly <laughs> so um we started with the idea that um people get distracted really easily so we need to make sure that um we're able to have like a built-in reminder system for people so we have We've done this in a couple of different ways. First things first, we are incentivizing completion. So when people actually finish the course, that's the only that's the only way they can unlock like their certifications, there's badges and gamification, and they also unlock unlock points, which we call peak points. Those points um, you know, are not awarded on purchase, it's only on completion. And those can be traded in for discounts or they can be donated to Kiva, which is a microfinancing organization that supports female entrepreneurs in developing nations. So that's one side of it. But then we've also got um, a course completion challenge. So the first time you purchase a course on Sharing, you get like a side-by-side -side walkthrough of um, day one, you know, set your calendar, put this like with a link that blocks out time on your Google Calendar. Um, and then it encourages them the next day to head to the roundtables, which is our discussion feature. And it's got um, this whiteboard functionality for collaborative learning. I'm someone who really likes um, being able to use sticky notes and things like that while I'm learning. And I found that lots of people um, we spoke to learn in a similar way. And having a collaborative space where everybody could kind of do that and share their takeaways some was another way we could kind of keep engagement high. Um, the other thing that we do is um, we also have 
you know, your, your student dashboard where you set goals. And every, every time you set your daily goal, and if you don't go back in and mark that you've completed it, you get a reminder the following day. So just little things that act as triggers to bring you back to the platform, bring you back to the course and make sure you're finishing it. And then the other parts of it kind of that we have to consider is that most platforms like, I don't know, Teachable, Kajabi, Podia, things like that, they are like Wix and WordPress. They're selling you internet real estate for you people to put your courses up. They aren't designed with completion in mind. They aren't designed with student experience in mind. And that's really what we tried to do. One of my biggest pet peeves with something like Teachable is that while taking a course, I couldn't actually take notes of this, like watching the video, I couldn't scroll down and take notes at the same time. Like I would lose the video and that used to be incredibly frustrating for me. I'd have to have like another tab open and take notes, but then I couldn't yeah. watch the video at the same time. So just little things like that. Like on terrain, it's rich text edits, but they're right next to your video. So you don't have to scroll away. And then they export directly into Google Docs because that's what most entrepreneurs use. So just little things like that, that eliminate the friction in the course taking experience. And like when you purchase a course now from like an entrepreneur who has their um, course on say Kajabi, and then you purchase something else from somebody else, then they're going to get another Kajabi link. And you have all of these different logins that you have to mm. track of and all of that. That was a problem for me as well. Like I would never log back in because I didn't remember what I signed up with. But with Terrain, everything's in one place. Like our big goal was to just streamline the course taking experience in every way possible. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I had to, I had to laugh because I signed up for a course this morning. Somebody um, gave me a, a voucher for uh, getting a $100 course for $5 by... Um, subscribing to their new YouTube channel and I thought oh that's a really clever way to do to kind of promote their new YouTube channel and I was interested in the course as well so I thought well it's worth five dollars to check that out and of course it was on Teachable and I've already got about five or six courses on Teachable so my um, password manager came up and said which password do you want to change and I oh I've got to be really careful got to be really careful here that I don't change a password otherwise I've lost exactly. access to another one yeah yeah, it really is. It's not a, a good experience, that is it. Yeah, no. Um, and really, I mean, there's so many little things like that, I think, that add up to the fact that people just don't complete courses. When we were doing research for Terrain, we found that it's less than 10% of people who start mm. courses actually finish them. And that's horrifying because, especially in our industry, I mean, courses go up to a few thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. It is. I didn't realize it was that low. I knew it was um, pretty low. I knew it was under twenty-five percent, but less than ten. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, really low. Uh, one of the one of the things that you do with, I mean, you you talk about helping organisations build scalable revenue through courses by helping them take the marketing off their hands so that they can focus mm -hmm. on on their course and their um, you know, the, the quality of what they're creating, the quality of information that they have, which you referred to earlier. Um, what, are, what are some of the things you do to market that and to get, because you talked earlier, and I, I'm really curious to explore this further, the idea of getting it in front of the right audience so that that starts off with these are the people this is going to help the most um, and, and so that that 10% number of the basis to start from there is probably going to be a lot better 
and then all the things that you're doing within terrain hopefully will take that 10% up to 80 or so. Um, so what what do you do from a marketing point of view to get it in front of the right people and, and get their attention? Totally. And I think you just read that off our ScribeSmith website. So that's the other <laughs> so that's the other side of our business. Um but really what we're doing um on the ScribeSmith side, it's more one-on-one work and we work really closely with course creators and we um we would um do a lot of the research process that I think I chatted about last time, you know, set up interviews with people, really get into their heads, figure out what their motivations are, their objections, pain points, you know, what is like what pain is driving them towards um, this course and things like that. So it's just a lot of deep dive figuring out who the right person would be for that course and then going out and finding them. And that would really involve um, if those people already exist within the course creators audience, then it's almost like creating content that is almost, I like to think of it as lighthouse content. So you put the right content out there and if, your people are in your audience, they're going to be attracted to it, and then they kind of enter your funnel that way. And if you don't have them in your audience already, then um, Facebook ads and paid advertising and things like that are a really good way of doing that. Now on terrain, we do things a little bit differently because terrain isn't just, um, isn't just like a, we aren't just selling each course individually. Because it's a platform, it's very much about getting the right people onto the platform first and then mm-hmm. selling the courses through that. Especially with everything that's been happening with Facebook ads, et cetera, it's, um, it made more sense for us to work on attracting people to the platform and then sell through email and things like that. Now, because we have a fairly, I mean, we only really target, are only really um, targeting entrepreneurs for terrain and really mostly early stage entrepreneurs for terrain. Uh, most of the, and all of the courses on terrain are also courses that can help an entrepreneur level up. So really we kind of made sure that we have a captured audience for, for all of the courses that we kind of put on terrain right from the start. And then we can, as we continue to grow that base then the audience for the courses also expands, if that makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. So you've kind of got a, an ecosystem there of different courses and if people take one course and you mentioned earlier that they get points for course completion so they've got something to spend perhaps on on other courses and 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 also i mean as a as a user of terrain and consumer of one course i will then appreciate how good quality that course is and if I find something else that is of interest to me then then I know that's going to be a good quality course yeah that's that's exactly what we're going for and I think again the difference between terrain and other course platforms is that our interests as an organization as a company align with both the course creators and the course consumers because it's in a course it's in a it's in our interest as a company to put the best possible courses out there for a course creator uh, they know that they're in good company because, you know, all the courses have been vetted and there's almost like a increase in perceived value that we've kind of seen. We've been, we've been getting emails from people requesting that we reach out to so-and-so course creator and ask them to put their courses on terrain because they want to know for sure that it's been vetted. So things like, so there's almost like a, a little bit of a extra trust and a little bit of an extra prestige thing that comes for course creators. And when, 
students are actually completing these courses, then they're more likely to purchase from if they got value from the same course creator, if they come out with something else again, they're more likely to purchase. So when the course creator when courses do well, then it's great for the course creator. Students are actually finishing their courses, which is great for us. And then there's the aspect that, you know, we're giving back to entrepreneurs in developing nations. And all when all of that kind of aligns really well, that's when our company grows as well. So our interests are always aligned with everybody else. Whereas with other platforms, all they really care about is getting your your $39.99 a month as you pay your hosting fees. So they they don't really have as much skin in the game as we do. Yeah, which yeah. Is to be seen if it, you know, if it's going to work out in the long run. Like I have to be perfectly honest, it's we've only been around for a couple of months, um, and we have to see how this goes. But I, I mean, the response that we've received from the community has been tremendous. The number of people who have written in to tell us that they really feel so strongly about what we're doing is incredible. Um, I think we're just at the point where we're waiting. We're just working on getting some more traction, and I think then we're off to the races. Hmm. And also the other thing, and, and this may be across both of your businesses, across Scribesmith too, but I know uh, you've kind of built your team quite rapidly uh, yeah. during the the growth of both of those businesses, and, and you've got an interesting take on that. So talk to us a little bit about how you go about building your team, who you bring on, how you train them, onboard them, and, and um, yeah, how, how that's working for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um so this is a little bit of a personal decision um, because when I started this business, I was a fresh grad with no real work experience. Um, most of the people I've hired have been in similar situations. They've been fresh grads, you know, with these great degrees, but no real luck finding um, a job where they could apply their skills. And they, we've trained them on everything from our copywriting to visual programming because we built uh, we built terrain in house. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of really the process over there. Um, it's almost exclusively women. Um, and it's almost exclusively someone with no experience. And we do a ton of training in house, um, just to make sure that we, we hire for culture fit and we hire for like personality and base level. If somebody shows like they have the right attitude and the and base level skills in the area, and then we train for the rest. Yeah, and there's, there's so much um, great value in, in that approach, isn't there? The hiring for culture and hiring for values um, and then and, and personality is part of that. And everything else can be trained, whether it's programming, whether it's writing, whether it's, um, yeah, whether it's the customer service part of it. And yeah. I mean, I think, sorry, go ahead. How did you build all the training? Tra how did you build all the training program and and systems and processes internally to um, do that with the team? Because obviously, you know, you can bring somebody on that is a really good fit for your values and your culture, but you've got to have the critical mass of training material there for them to actually get started with the work that, they're supposed to be doing totally so um when we brought our first writer on board um it was a lot of loom videos explaining how like systems and processes and things like that but also just rounds and rounds of feedback 
and taking the time to give really, really detailed feedback. Um, for processes in general, what we had is like we templated a bunch of things that I do on a regular basis onto Asana. So every time we have a task come in that is similar to that, um, our VA will just duplicate it for them. And then they just follow that process every single time. Um, what we also did is like, sometimes we had to train people on skills that were a little bit outside my own wheelhouse. And for that, we, um, we've really been, we've invested in courses for the team and trainings for the team as well. So, um, we do have like, I think it's the last week or usually sometime towards the last, um, the last couple of weeks of every quarter dedicated just to training and we do like deep dive trainings and then we have a learnings channel in slack so every time somebody learns something they're required to share it on slack so we're always learning from each other yeah mm. yeah i like that idea the learning channel on slack for the team it's kind of like it sounds like you're doing the internal training very similar to how terrain is built with some of those um aspects of the the roundtable discussion the collaborative board and and sharing that information and then the focus on documenting everything yeah very much so um we use loom to document pretty much everything um and then just build to, like we've been looking at moving on to something like notion eventually but right now everything is living in google docs with like this master directory of all the trainings that we've ever done um, and yeah, so pretty much any, we, <laughs> the joke on our team is that if you don't know the answer, it's either in the directory or it's in Slack. If you can't find it there, then maybe try Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. So how can, how can somebody who is a course creator and perhaps, um, is looking for a better platform to place their course on and has some really valuable information to share with the world that can be useful? How can they get involved in terrain? So if you head to our homepage right now, it's knowtheterrain.io. There's a button right at the bottom that says apply. It's a very basic form that will just give us a little bit of information about your course, and then the team will get in touch with you um, and we'll get access to your course. We'll request access to your course, and then we would want to vet your course and make sure it's a good fit for terrain. This process usually takes about two weeks in total. And if it's good to go, then you get the go ahead and we can get you uploaded onto the platform and then start promoting. Mm. And and you have a really clear process of how that all works in the process. So I can vouch for it myself. The process is, is very good and it does take about two weeks and it's all up and running. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been fabulous. Iman, um, it was great to learn about your business in terrain and I will refer people back to episode 270 where we spoke to you before because there's a lot more information there about the scribe smith which we haven't really touched on today but i think it's a good point and i'm going to do the buzz round again i know you've done it once before but i'll be checking back the answers to see how they oh no <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah so there's five questions and hopefully you'll inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result so what's the Number one thing you'd think anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Oh, you just need to start doing things. You need to start experimenting and making mistakes because every time you make a mistake, you'll find a, you'll find a way to do, some, do it better the next time. And that's the definition of innovation. 
Mm. Yeah, I love it. Um, and I've been reading a lot of things lately where people are starting to talk about mistakes more and, and mistakes in terms of it's an experiment. Um, the outcome is not necessarily what you might be expecting. So it's not necessarily a mistake. It's just the result of yeah. that experiment, which yeah. gives you data. Yeah, feedback. Yeah. Oh, love it. All right. Um, what is the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Oh, um, I think switching my brain off, which is very strange for me to kind of say, but I found that watching TV in a language that I don't understand, so I'm forced oh, okay. to watch the subtitles so I can't be on my phone at the same time, just forces me to immerse myself in a different world. Um, mm. I found that I get really good ideas from that process. That's an interesting one. I haven't heard anybody talk to me about that, but it is <laughs> it, it is true. It, it means, because I occasionally watch um, lang films in a language that I don't understand where I have to read the subtitles, and usually that gives you a totally different perspective because there'll be, you know, the, the cultural differences will come up because it's a different language, so there'll be different aspects to the culture. And then uh, I like to look at the body language and does it match up with the translation that, that obviously <laughs> somebody's made. And, and uh, whilst I can't judge whether it's a correct translation, sometimes the difference between the body language and what's being written in the text, what I read, is, is curious to say the least. Um, but yes, it does switch your brain off, right? It does focus you just to be fully present on that particular thing. Interesting. All right. Now, you mentioned a few resources recently. What, what's the favorite one that you use most often? Lately, it's been Zapier for pretty much everything. I think Zapier has the most appropriate tagline in the world because it does indeed make me happier. Um, it lets you automate anything and everything at this point, and I'm always looking for new things that I can get set up through Zapier and just take off my plate. Hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Zapier, and it's it's so easy to set things up, isn't it? It's uh, every now and then I discover that there's something missing in terms of a tool that they haven't integrated, or the tool hasn't provided them their uh, program interface yet. Um, but so there's so many tools you can connect up and basically trigger trigger an event that automatically happens. Yeah, for sure. And like, um, if you're on Zapier Premium and you can access their webhooks, you can pretty much do anything and everything with any tool. So much of what we do on Terrain is um, integrated with Zapier. I mean, I don't think we would function without it. Mm. Yes, and it does. That's one thing that is um, a great time saver because it automates the things that are just repetitive that don't require any human thought, right? For sure. Okay, now what's the best way to keep a client on track? I mean, we talked a little bit, uh, well, we talked quite a lot about um, going through course completion and so on, but um, let's take it from the point of view of somebody like me who still hasn't finished some of the courses that I actually want to put on yeah. terrain. How do you keep somebody like that on track? <laughs> it's something that I don't personally handle myself. I mean, it's an, I just, you know, I mean, I wouldn't even know that you procrastinated on the course because my VA would be handling it for me. And she would just see that somebody hasn't followed through because then she can't, you know, proceed to the next step on Asana. 
and then she will just set a reminder like a like a recurring reminder for herself to follow up with you say every two weeks or every 10 days or something like that mm -hmm. yeah all right so you get, how we doing you've got the team that um keeps people on track for you yeah because yeah. i'm definitely too scatterbrained to do that myself <laughs> All right. Now, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Ooh. Um, okay, this is... <laughs> I don't know how this answer is going to go down, but not do the silly TikTok dances that everybody's doing on Instagram <laughs> because you will lose followers and it's cringy. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't pay much attention to those, but <laughs> I guess that, yeah. They are everywhere on Instagram right now and every business owner is doing them. <laughs> right. Okay, so I'll remember not, if I see one, I'll remember not to copy it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I think broader than that is just like not following trends that don't make sense for your brand simply for the sake of differentiation. Hmm. There was hidden meaning underneath the snark. Yeah, okay, not following the trend. Yeah, <laughs> do your own thing. Oh, great. All right. Um, so this has been absolutely fabulous, Iman. Thanks for sharing all your insights around courses and, and the story behind Terrain with us. Now, where can people reach out, find out more about both ScribeSmith and Terrain? You mentioned the website before, Terrain. Um, but where can people reach out to you, perhaps, and even say thanks for what you've shared today? Um, Twitter is definitely where I'm most active. Um, and that's definitely where I would love to connect with people. And right. it would just be at Iman underscore Zabi. Okay, we'll um, post links to the Terrain website and, and your Twitter handle there on the show notes. Perfect. Now, do you have any parting advice today that you'd like to leave our listener? Um, you know, this is something that's kind of been on my mind for a while and I'm going to share it. It's that... Most people think that they need to create a course because that's how you scale your business, but there's so many other ways out there that you can, you can scale your business. And honestly, there's this idea out there that everybody can and should create a course. And I disagree with that pretty strongly. I don't think everybody should create a course. I think only create a course if you feel compelled to create a course, not because your business coach told you to create one. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. I think, I think you know, going back to what we talked about at the outset, which is the quality of courses that are out there, and I think the the fact that there's perhaps this movement of you must create a course to scale your business um, that pressures people who uh, don't necessarily have the right information or don't have the right um, personality or character or whatever it is that doesn't make a good course. Um, they they just um, flood the course environment and it's hard then to find the good stuff. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, um, when I first started scaling my business, I did something totally different. I manufactured a physical product and have been using that. <laughs> I mean, that was how we, we padded out our income and that was our one-to-many approach. So really, when you're trying to scale your business, you want to figure out what your one-to-many approach is and how you can set that up. Um, and of course, really doesn't have to be it unless that's what you feel most strongly about doing. 
Like some people are called to be teachers. If that's not you, then you have no business creating a course. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll take that on board and um, certainly uh, figure out your one-to-many approach. I think that's a, a yeah. really good uh, good thing to leave on. All right. Finally, Iman, who else should I get on this podcast and why? Okay. So I was thinking about this one, and I think the person you really need to speak to is Margarita Kihis. She is the founder of PeaceX, and they're doing some really incredible stuff. Um, they define peace as... Um, anything that creates positive social cohesion and they're doing it through business and through tech and the way, I mean, her views, I mean, I listen to her podcast. I watch her YouTube show the way her very nuanced approach to business and marketing and strategy is where I think the industry as a whole is going to be in about five years time. So if you want to get ahead, I think you should talk to her. Mm, wonderful. Well, I look forward to, Speaking with Margarita, you know her personally? Yes, I do. She's a client. Great. All right. Well, we'll get an introduction to Margarita from you and reach out to her and bring her on the show. It sounds like uh, some fascinating work she's doing, and I'm really keen to explore that. Awesome. That's, sounds good. Thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us again on the Innova Buzz podcast. I've really enjoyed having you back on the show, Iman, and I've um, enjoyed learning more about the background of terrain and all things course creation and I think the advice of figure out your one-to-many approach and it doesn't have to be a course um, but if you're compelled to do a course then do a really good one and get on terrain <laughs> that's the advice <laughs> I love it that's the entire episode <laughs> all the best for the future and let's stay in touch oh, well thank you so much thanks again for having me it was great to be here again I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really informative conversation with Iman and took something away from her episode. Iman's insights and the way she's constructed terrain to give value to both course creators and course consumers is really inspirational. I love her lighthouse content metaphor too. I'm curious to know what you took away from Iman's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash imanzabi2. That is E-M-A-N-Z-A-B-I and the number two. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash imanzabi2. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Iman, as well as links to the Scribesmith website, to the Terrain website, to Iman's social media pages and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you liked this episode and got value from it, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with two other people that it will also help. Tag me in on that share because I will personally thank you with a special little surprise gift. Iman suggested that we have a conversation with researcher and behavior designer Margarita Kiwis of the Solve4x podcast on a future InnovaBuzz podcast. So, Margarita, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Iman Zabi. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including author of Stand for Something, Brian Burkhart of Square Planet, 
and leadership consultant and author of Win or Die, Leadership Secrets from Game of Thrones, Bruce Craven. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.